0: Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. It is a true joy to be able to be with you uh, this morning to worship the resurrected Jesus Christ. Uh, I can recall over the last few years how uh, two years ago that it was just me and a video screen um, trying to channel all of you in my mind. In these empty pews. As I was giving this message, it had only been a, a few weeks, or maybe a month before, that we learned our whole world got turned upside down. And then last year, we—if you remember—we were actually standing in the parking lot. Um, and even though we were in the parking lot, we were able to uh, celebrate the risen Christ, and it was a blessed time. But man, it feels really good uh, to do Easter here. <laughs> And to be the body gathered together um, to celebrate what is so important and so essential about the good news of who God is and what he has done through his son, Jesus Christ, in order to teach us what it means to truly be alive. Um, And it is a joy to bring uh, the story of the resurrection to you this morning. Before I read it to you, will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I pray that you would be with us here now in this moment as you have been with us in worship and liturgy, Lord. Uh, By the power of your resurrection, would you come through your word, uh, through the telling of this good news, Lord, to uh, minister to us, to encourage us, to heal us. Lord, to be a blessing unto us so that we could be full of your light, that we would be full of who you are and what you have done um, so that we can, too, learn what it means to die so that we can be born again. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you showed us the way through this holy week and you have brought us through this journey into this new day, a day of celebration, a day of wonder and awe. Fill our hearts with it now. In your precious and holy name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. I'm going to read to you today from the Gospel of John, chapter 21. And um, this is a little bit after the resurrection. We'll get to the resurrection story, but I, hear, I want you to hear uh, the disciple Peter's encounter with the resurrected Christ. It says John chapter 21. It says, Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter Thomas, also known as Didymus, He said throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were able to haul in unable to haul in the net because of the large amount of fish that they had caught. Then the disciples whom Jesus loved said to Peter, "It is the Lord." As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, "It is the Lord," he wrapped himself Uh, taking uh, uh, around the outer garment, taking it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed him in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. from the dead. Have you ever had the experience of feeling lost? Anybody here? I know that I have. Um, and I'm going to tell you a story about when I was 23 years old, um, and I went off on a short-term mission for about a month to spend some time in an orphanage in Tanzania, Africa. And when we were there, there were two different orphanages, uh, 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 one for the boys and one for the girls, and there was a group of us that would travel from one to the other, going there to do whatever we could to help out. And so we would need to take the local transport, and Tanzania actually is right on the base of Mount Kilimanjaro, if you know the area. And it was a gorgeous area, but the the public transport was something we really had to learn about. Uh, There was different forms of it, and the cheapest form of it was one called the Dala Dala, and it was a 15 passenger bus that was frequently filled to the brim with people, sometimes with chickens and other things going on in there. And it was uh, an important thing for people to use to get from one place to another. And they didn't exactly have uh, a timeline for how long it would take to get picked up. And so it was customary that as many people that were standing at the stop would get into the bus no matter how many because you didn't want anybody to have to spend their whole day standing at the bus stop so it was a custom that people would sit on each other's laps and just get real nice and close on the dala dala and We were told it was a rule that we had to travel together with the different people that were serving at the orphanage. But one day, I got a little confident, maybe a little too overconfident. And I thought, "Ah, I'll just set out on this journey on my own. Well, uh, I got on the Dalla Dalla. I was in the back. Just this thing was packed to the brim. And we started going out. We made one turn. Then we made another turn and another turn. And all of a sudden, I was in a place I had never seen before. Um, And I don't know if you've ever had that feeling of just sinking, like with every mile that we go further is another mile that I'm going to have to go backwards. And even though I was in another country and I was only going to be there for a little while, probably never see anybody uh, on that bus ever again in my life, I was still embarrassed, uh, like to tell them I needed to stop and get to somewhere else. I needed to get off this bus and find my way back to where I could be safe again. But eventually, I summoned the courage and I said, stop, stop, stop. And everybody sort of giggled at me and they pulled over. And I really realized why they were giggling once I got off. Because um, as I stepped out onto the dirt, it was nothing. Just rural African landscape for as far as the eye could see. And I was standing there as they giggled and watched me get off the bus and took off down the road. And as I watched them take off down the bus, I started scanning the landscape, and all I could see was two farmers about 100 feet away, and they couldn't help but in broken English say to me, where are you? Where are you? And it was my heart's cry Because I had never felt this lost in my life. I'm lost. I'm lost. I don't know what to do. And uh, today, I want to just borrow that question. I want to borrow that question and ask you, on this Easter Sunday, where are you? Where are you? If you think over the last year, uh, where you've been, the experiences that you've had, I'm sure you would find ways to answer the question, where are you? And as you sit in the pew right now, it's so important to really be honest and say, where am I right now? Where am I? What is going on with me? What has been going on with me? Because that assessment will show you so much about how you're experiencing this moment of resurrection this moment where we celebrate the resurrection. And I think we could be honest this morning enough to say that uh, maybe we could feel like we're still on some bus headed in the wrong direction. And even though we're headed that way and we're watching the miles pass by and we know we might have to go back another way, it's really hard, really hard to speak up and say, you know what, I'm not going where I need to be going. And if you feel that way this morning, you're in the right place because there are so many here, including myself, who know that feeling, who know the experience of feeling lost and alone and not sure how we're going to get back on the right track. In fact, the story I just read you from the gospel, uh, in that story, Peter is experiencing that emotion He's experiencing this sense of total failure and embarrassment. All of the disciples had scattered after Jesus had died on the cross. And when their Savior, their teacher, their leader, their rabbi died on the cross, it was as if their whole world got turned upside down again. Everything that they thought would happen hadn't happened, and there they were, not sure what to do next, and so they got lost. They hid, they ran away, and no one more than Peter who went, the moment of great pressure, that moment that Jesus had told him about that he needed to do to go to the cross so that he could forgive the sins of, of the world for you and I in that critical moment as Jesus would as his weakest and needed somebody. Peter's attention turned away from Jesus and towards himself to preserve himself, worried that he would suffer the same fate as Jesus was suffering. And so he denied Jesus three times. And so you can imagine. The experience he must have felt as he realized that Jesus was standing on that Galilean shoreline, reminding him of the time when they first met. And he had seen his Savior die, and yet there he was on the shore saying, Cast your net on the other side. The story is not over. Peter was asked, where are you? Who would have said, totally alone, failed, gone back to my old job. And yet Jesus is there to teach him there's a better way to answer that question. So what he does is he says... Peter, bring me some of that fish. I've already prepared the fire and I'm going to cook you the first Easter brunch of all time. Imagine Jesus cooking for you. Imagine those disciples as they're huddled around the fire and what they must have been thinking about what it means to be with Jesus. The resurrected Jesus. You know, in our world, it's so frequent that human beings are striving to find some version of the promised land, some place that they can get, some piece of life that they can get and protect and hold. We see this on the global scale as leaders try and conquer other areas, we see it on the small scale. As we experience life and the scarcity and fear of life, and sometimes we just want to cling to what we have. But what was happening during that meal was that the disciples were realizing that they were with somebody who had died and risen from the grave, meaning that they were with somebody that death could not stop. And that completely rewired the way that they thought about what it meant to be alive. Because if they were with Jesus, if they were with the resurrected Jesus, what was there to fear? Everything that they had feared had disappeared. As they sat eating that brunch with their Lord and Savior, they discovered the true power That's made possible because of who God is. The heart of God who sent his one and only Son to the earth because he so loved all of humanity, every single one of us. And then Jesus came and he declared that his mission was to seek and to save the lost. And in the story of Calvary, as described in the Hebrews, says that it was his joy, that it was Jesus' joy set before him that he would endure all the suffering of death and humiliation. And it was his joy because of his great compassion and love and care because Jesus didn't just stop with his disciples. You see, this spirit of seeking and saving the lost that he brought to the disciples and to Peter, it's the same spirit that's here present today. This new life, this living hope, That Jesus brought to Peter on that day is the same thing that is chasing each and every one of us down and helping us to answer the question, where are we in such a better way? Jesus, after the meal, does something even more incredible as he pulls Peter aside and he asks him three questions. Essentially, the same question three times Do you love me? This was a way for him to heal the wound of his own denial of Peter's denial of Jesus. So he says it three times, reminding him of the mistake he made and re-instituting him and restoring him and healing him at such a soul level that it must have completely changed the very nature of who Peter was and again he becomes the one who would be able to hold the keys to the kingdom of heaven that personal intimate love is the thing that taught Peter how to answer the question, where are you, to say, found by the unstoppable love of Jesus Christ. That's the spirit that is present here today. And it's not something that just stays here on this one Sunday, but it's something that is possible to base your life on. I know that because I've seen some of my friends do it. This year, I watched uh, some of uh, our most beloved friends and family here at the church go through a difficult and dark journey. Dave and Cheryl Tom. Dave, um, who I first met, when I came to the South Bay 11 years ago because he opened his home along with Cheryl to me as a beginning youth pastor. And they said, well, our daughter has moved out and gone to college so you can stay in her room for free for five months. So I I sat in this pink room for five months for free right across uh, the hallway from them. In this last year, Dave found out that he was diagnosed with multiple myeloma cancer. And, of course, this was incredibly discouraging. And we were all afraid and didn't know what would happen. And I'm sure Dave and Cheryl had moments like that. But the living hope of Jesus Christ, of the resurrected Jesus Christ was so apparent in the way that they went through the journey of treatments and isolation that it was a testimony to this church about the living Christ and what's possible when you are part of a church and you come to serve and you open yourself up to all that God makes possible when you truly know who he is and what he's all about. It was a joy this morning to see Dave and Cheryl set up chairs out in the park because that's who they are. And Dave has gone through his treatments and is now, after all his treatments, doing wonderfully. And so we stand in awe of that testimony that the living hope of Jesus Christ can carry us through the darkest of nights and the most difficult of moments. A few weeks ago, I had the great opportunity to go to uh, Oregon, and we dipped into Washington for just a moment. And as we were there, the reason we went is to visit this lighthouse, and I didn't know that much about it. But as we got closer, it, there was all these signs that just said, welcome to Cape Disappointment. <laughs> it's like, that's a weird where, place to go, Cape Disappointment. And as we got there, it was really surprising because it was one of the most beautiful coastlines that I had ever seen, and it had this gorgeous lighthouse on it that had been perfectly maintained. and In fact, it was so beautiful that we kind of rushed past all the signs and we stood there and we wondered, why is this lighthouse even here? You know, kind of rookies, tourists. Um, But as we looked out, we could see these massive waves breaking and we saw that we were standing in a place that kind of jettisoned out over the rocks and there was an inlet to the side so we began to put it together. But then we got to the sign and we read about Cape Disappointment where the first sea-wearing travelers tried to carry goods into the bay and they couldn't see where they were going at night and so they crashed right into the rocks below us and four sailors had died and so they named it Cape Disappointment. But... In order to solve the problem without GPS, right, they needed a solution to this problem. They wanted to keep carrying cargo. And so what they did is they created this lighthouse and they hired somebody to every day to go up there and put a light so that the sailors at night could see where they were going and know how to make safe passage. And I wonder if we ask the world, where are you? I wonder how many would say headed for Cape Disappointment. Headed in the wrong direction. And what I think is beautiful about the symbol of a lighthouse for each and every one of us who knows Jesus Christ is that he promises us that the same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave is inside each and every one of us And what that makes possible is that we could become one of these lights to help people through their darkest moments, to keep them from crashing on the rocks, to keep them out of Cape disappointment. And so if you're here today and you need to know the resurrected, loving, relentlessly pursuing, Jesus Christ, I pray that this would be an opportunity for you to come to know him. And for all those of you who know Jesus, but maybe are needing to hear that you are uh, built for a purpose, that you were made to bear the light of Jesus Christ, I pray that you would be reminded of who your Savior is and just what it means for you on this Easter Sunday would you pray with me lord jesus help us to answer the question where are we with found and in the house of love that only you and your resurrection makes possible lord jesus you are our promised land you are the one we've been looking for all the days of our lives. And our soul will not rest until it finds rest in you. Help us to have our eyes opened to the things that the disciples saw. Help us to live our lives in light of your resurrection and all that it means and all of its implications. We thank you, Lord for this eternal life that you have given us. In your precious and holy name we pray, amen.